Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We're telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. That is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, sending us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. Well, welcome to episode 36 of Montana Voices Podcast. Haver has it, or I guess in our case, Haver had it, because we are no longer there. Yeah, we, uh, you know... We had intended to have a full cast, potentially even live. Uh, we were looking at even doing it on the city steps to have it. We were going to try and do it somewhere historic at the very least. You know, even the American Inn, because that's a pretty historic place we all feel well, in Haver. And, uh, I don't know, the Best Western is pretty nice, but maybe the American Inn takes the, uh, takes the cake. Uh, best, best hotel in Haver, American, American Inn, not American Inn, it's American Inn. Although, I must say, after my trip, I begged to differ because I ended up staying at the Super 8 and uh, surprisingly phenomenal. We'll be staying there next time I go to Haver. So anyways, we meant to cast there, but uh, we ended up not being able to because we got way, way too drunk. Oh, man, you check into the American and there's open taps right there. You you get your cups from you, your jars from the... <laughs> It's like a mason jar from the front desk lady, and uh, you're you're good to go to town there. So yeah, we had a, we had even a, we were going to do some video, had all sorts of things planned, but you know when you're in Haver, do and do as the Greek do, I guess. Yeah, uh, we uh, certainly had a great time there. Uh, we'll be looking forward to going back to it. So, anyways, yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Our old issues. Um, these are actually from two episodes ago, since our last cast was with Jasmine Taylor, who's hoping to be the the gal for House District 22, and that was our last one, so be sure to check that one out after you listen to this one, as we had a great conversation and a great time with her. Indeed, it was very fun. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the cast or not, but um, she the, the house that we were in there had bees in it. Uh, contained, uh, but like it was like a bee farm that they had rolling, and like that was way cool. Well, they're doing the Lord's work, and and there is a uh, about one minute or so of not so optimal audio as um, the trains were upsetting the dog kennels. I mean, House District Twenty Two, that is the um, Vaughn sort of rural areas areas there, without giving away location. I mean, railroad tracks. You can't figure out where she's at from there, but that is uh you know, an area for that. And I don't even notice trains because also here in Missoula, I live next to trains. And so it, unless that's popping up in my audio and causing me some trouble, I, I don't even notice them. Fortunately, uh, BNSF usually wins these arguments, though, as far as keeping noises down. So, uh, you know, our hands are kind of tied on this. Anyways. In, in so. fact, uh, our entire neighborhood is a, a non-noise ordinance neighborhood because of our proximity to the trains. So you cannot make a noise complaint in this neighborhood. The police will just tell you it's a noisy neighborhood. Wow. That's uh, mighty convenient. Yeah, for, for some people. A friend of mine ch- used this uh, loophole to play his trumpet underneath a bridge for 3 a.m. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's not what they had in mind. Oh, that is so Missoula. <laughs> Not threatening, not harmful, just extremely annoying. <laughs> I asked him about it. I was like, well, how, how do the, you're next to some houses. How do they feel about this? He's like, ah, they don't really have a choice in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, have her had it and our B-roll um, that's running with the video, if you're watching this on YouTube or on uh, Facebook Live, is a trip through lovely Haver and we get to see the downtown uptowns, even the uh, agriculture school over there. Montana Tech, or no, uh, Montana Tech's Butte. Uh, what do they call this? Northern, excuse me? Uh, Montana, MSU Northern. Yes, that's it. 
which is one of the premier agriculture schools in the world. They, we I said, think it is. Don't quote me on that just yet. Let me. Oh no, I'm just flat here. out I'm saying it. Uh, I know we the people come from as far as Australia yeah, to study totally agriculture haver. in Haver. I mean that that's the it that Haver has on top of the buffalo jump and uh, um, geez, what's that cheeseburger place that they have there in Haver? There was a cheeseburger place, and I didn't go to it. Oh, yeah, you didn't know about it? No, I didn't. Oh, geez. Um, Rod's. Really? Rod's Drive-In. Well, oh, my I'll... gosh. I'm so sorry. I should have mentioned this. Yeah, no, because uh, this would be a place that you would want have wanted to hit up. You're absolutely right. Could have made a video for for a completely separate channel. Well, Jeez, I'm <laughs> feeling much remorse now. I, I apologize you should. about that. I'm sending you a link right now. Excellent. Uh, well, let's dive into... Uh, we, we can't overlook this issue i i kind of didn't want to talk about the covid19 or the wuhan or the corona whatever but it appears to be all consuming right now and granted we're not a newscast and a lot of our material is digested weeks or sometimes even months after the fact uh i mean we can't do anything in this time without mentioning it everything's shut down Yes, you know, this is kind of really our only way to document what's going on <laughs> yeah we're documenting what else archaeologists will hey, find a if, copy if, of this if, cast <laughs> If nothing else, this, uh, will greater greater our chances of people listening to us because now they'll be stuck at home and eventually we'll run out of things to do and potentially we'll get into podcasting and sooner or later you're going to run out of uh, relevant Joe Rogan podcasts that you want to listen to and you might want to kick it over to us. Yeah, know who your local representatives are, local being in the state. So, yeah, schools, um, we received notice today, this is Sunday, and so schools are shut down for two weeks here, which is very concerning for a lot of people. We'll make do and survive, but... The governor, it seemed he announced it like right after 5 o'clock on Sunday evening here. Uh, I imagine they were probably waiting to the last minute to make the announcement, uh, going with the most info, because this does change minute by minute. There was, I know, a town hall meeting that happened here in Great Falls with our public schools. I got to say, on the side note there, KFBB's reporting on that. Jeez. Uh, Did, have they <laughs> still not invested interrupt. in a tripod? <laughs> no, yeah, no no gimbal. No gimbal use here. He, uh, he was freehanding this, Jim. As always. And it, no doubt. And yeah, it, it was in the moment. You know, very Cloverfield. And is that their design with KFB and much of the ABC stations around the state? <laughs> is It's got to be by design. I mean, a tripod, even a high quality tripod is only a couple hundred bucks. That's nothing. <laughs> Certainly they can afford them and know how to use them. But I, yeah, I think they're going for I, the, you know, beat on the street sort of thing. I don't know what to tell you, Jim. But anyways, he interrupted them the superintendent while he was talking to tell him to speak up for the people on Facebook live. And I about lost it. <laughs> you know, if you were streaming with, if you had a mic plugged into your cell phone, you could make those adjustments. Uh, I, I know from very direct experience that <laughs> that's geez. Uh, yeah. I, I, I really feel sometimes like maybe an email over there would really just you know end up getting put putting them to the grindstone as far as like geez did you guys learn how to film at all and then they're like well yeah i kind of like you you're not using the mics and watch i'll bet you they have them but they just don't want to take them out of the vehicle oh maybe they're there are half and this is up. how the supervisor finds out. batteries <laughs> it's a it's a pain well, well other speaking of news and news stations i mean i think uh you know that CBS stations are pretty much the leaders. NBC just uh, recently, within the last five years, got back into news here in Montana. Uh, a few exceptions to that. I think Bozeman and Billings never never shut down their news departments. But NBC Montana Now, I think they're called. It, you tune in and this middle-aged gal is there. You, you're, when you first tune in, you're not sure if you're watching a televangelist or the local news. Isn't that, uh, I don't know, a lot of times when, because those have different markets, Compared to sometimes the ones that, well, I thought they I've did seen. it for. There was one central newscast for, for at least for NBC for most of their markets. So it's those two people, no matter where you are. Exactly. Uh, I know that. I believe it was the afternoon show for CBS used to be like that, 
Montana this afternoon or something it was called, but it would just like uh, kick it over to the billing station and like get broadcasted throughout the state. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask if these people are even in Montana. Probably. I would think so. Maybe. Well, maybe we'll have to watch a few newscasts and see how they pronounce Helena or Haver. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty certain they're here. They might not pronounce it right if they're new, just because a lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of times when they're reporting on these places, it might be the first time they're hearing about it. But with time, they'll all figure it out. Well, let's get back into Haver. Um, sort of the question is, who represents Haver, and what is Haver all about? Um, Haver being on the High Line, if you're not there, you might think it's this conservative community like a lot of the, the High Line is. But I found that they have a, a lot of diversity in their representation, um, especially for the districts surrounding Haver. And as far as where we get this info of who represents who and which house districts are, are where, that is uh, LEG, legal, or legislature, excuse me, .mt.gov slash map. And if you go there, you can enter your address and see who represents you, which makes that easy because there was some question in the last cast of which district we were in at that given moment. So <laughs> That is extremely convenient because that's exactly what I'm doing right now is I'm typing this in to find out who current representative is and who I have the potential to vote for. Well, the Montana legislative filings is uh, who all filed for the legislature. That's available. If you Google that, you will see who is looking to represent you in the election. If there's more than one person from a party, um, there will be a primary, which it sounds like, speaking of our last cask, uh, that Jasmine and uh, was that Matt Rains are going to have to battle it out in a primary? Yeah, I believe so. Is... Um yeah, and then whoever wins that would then go up against uh, Lola Sheldon. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, yep. so various stages. Okay. First opponent uh, will be Matt Rains, and it's, I don't know, I'm sort of gauging, you know, sort of that area. Granted, I don't live in House District 22 and, and never have really, but it is a mostly rural area, and some of it, like I said, in Vaughn, and then uh, it goes a bit north from there. But it might be hard to beat a guy off a cowboy hat with progressive ideals. So we'll be watching it closely. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of this isn't even necessarily like a good portion of it is Great Falls. But, um, well, it's, you isn't know, it um, Eastern Great different. Falls? Far East? Um, far West, actually. Oh, I'm getting them mixed up. Yeah. Men never ask for directions, which and is. And then <laughs> it looks like Black Eagle on up into like Anaconda Hills. Then, um, let's see, Riverview, and I'm trying to see what the dividing line is here. It's, it's up there. There six, is a map that you can see, and it's color-coordinated. Like oh, so it's, yeah. a, it's a decent chunk of Great divider. Falls. Yeah, anyway, I'd say it's pretty big. To Haver, there's, um, well, depending on what you consider Haver proper, there's three to four districts in Haver. Most proper one being House District 28, which is the, for at least the, House is the uh, smallest area with the most people. I think House goes by people, population, and the uh, Senate goes by area uh, to make it representative of similar to what we have in the U.S. legislature. So then we have uh, House District 33 and 17, which is Northern Haver, all the way up to the border. And this is a huge swath of land. It also runs east beyond Malta, but it's northern Malta, so I imagine it's split the same way Haver and Malta is to the northern, so there's not too many people there. Then there's, um, still in Senate District 14, there's a House District 27, which is west of Haver, and that's up to the border and all the way to Toole County Western. And finally, Senate District 16, which is south of Haver, and that includes uh, a lot of the reservations, like Fort Peck is in there, I think uh, Box Elder is there, Big Sandy is there as well. So we are going to look at those representatives. So for Senate District 14, which is not up, represented by a Republican, Russell Temple, who uh, I had not heard of before starting this cast. Um, some of these people uh, are the, this is the first time I've heard these names, which is, you know, lets you know how complex even local politics can be. Because, you know, we, we do this, uh, you know, almost on the daily here of knowing who's representing where and what they're doing. And some of this is still foreign to us. Yeah, this is all foreign to me, man. Uh, uh, I'm not going to pretend like I know any of this. because We'll run through it real quick. Eight, House District 28, Jack Bachmeyer is a Democrat. That's representing downtown Haver, Haver proper. 
And looks like J- J- Jacob uh, ba- Bachemeyer did not file, so it's going to be up between Ed Hill, who is a conservative Republican, and Crystal Steinmetz, who is a, a Democrat and a reporter who used to work for the Hill or Haver Daily News, I guess, or, or Hill, whatever. But it's going to be hard to beat Hill. I mean, he's named after the county. Jacob Bachemeyer. That was the, um, yeah, he was the, the, the kid who was like way young. Yeah, he's like 22. Well, I guess, was he? We'll have to we'll have to look at that because he's decided yeah. that politics wasn't for him. I'm looking it up here. Born '98. Wow. What? Well, let that be wow. uh, inspiration to some of you guys. I mean, it certainly is. <laughs> I asked Jasmine Taylor on the last one if her young age of thirty something. Uh, I forget how old she was. Thirty something though. But this twenty-two year old. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. No. This. Uh putting in for office when in the eighth grade you know <laughs> it's like i won the high school prom and then you know i sort of liked winning and it was all built from there <laughs> you know it, fe- it felt good it felt good to get the applause you know i, I wanted to keep that up so uh, back to ed hill he is uh was on these he was he's on the school board so he's running a lot of school issues and there is a school bond have school levy coming up uh, we'll be on the same same ballot and he worked for the railroad for 41 years, but is now retired, which is, you know, how does this young guy do it? Is he a rancher? Is this Jacob Bachmeyer? <laughs> anyway, He's I'm getting sidetracked. We'll have to research more on him. Dude, like, I'm telling you, Haver's a little outside of my wheelhouse here. Well, it's a bit north of both of us, actually. It only took me six hours to drive there. Man, I should have paid attention more when I was there. Well, I did grow up a little bit in Haver. I spent a year in high school in Haver, or uh, no, uh, middle school. So if you're looking at this B-roll, I don't know where we're at on the B-roll video now, but some of it is me driving around looking for one, the house I used to live in, and two, uh, then my friend's houses as well. So on to Crystal Steinmetz, who's a Democrat from Missoula. Missoula's nice, only 30 minutes from Montana. Um, but she does some sort of accounting for the Boys and Girls Club. She's endorsed by Jacob Bachmeyer. And her platform is uh, mostly about health and mental services. Those are good things to address. Yep, uh, imagine Ed Hill has different opinions on that, but there will not be a primary there. Um, like I mentioned, the heist, the levy is coming up, so I imagine, you know, I can't imagine a Democrat arguing with, uh, I assume, Ed Hill will be in favor of the levy, and I can't see a Democrat arguing with that, so Interesting. And then uh, moving to House District 33, or Senate District 17, currently uh, Mike Lang and Casey... Uh, it, Mike Lang is the senator, and Casey Knudsen is the House representative. And your choice for that is a Republican or a Republican coming up. So, um, yeah, I, guess, I guess not much to talk about there. We'll just move on to the next one. How do they battle that out? If you have two Republicans, do they both go on... Do they do a primary and you only get one person on the ballot, or...? Do you put them both on the ballot? I mean, you might as well, but... I have no clue, man. Uh, let's talk about the school levy. Oh, this, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> like most schools, they want more money. Which um, Cool, give them more money. Oh, Moving you'd, on. <laughs> you'd think it'd be that easy, and it's it's always chump change. It's never like, I'm going to feel my tax burden go up. This one, a hundred thousand dollar home, will see like extra dollar fourteen or something in increased taxes. Worth so, it. Yeah, it's never a lot of money. So uh, I, I've never really understood, and I understand that paying taxes is painful. Uh, Montana property taxes, uh, cut a check to them for that. So I understand that it's, it's painful, but, I mean, several dollars for schools. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm it's missing weird. the opposition here. Ah, jeez. I mean, we're quick to say taxation is theft. But if you... Great Falls is asking for a school levy, isn't it, Brace? Uh, yeah. Basically all the time. (laughs) And again, now, I'm pretty certain we're definitely going to be asking for another one here. Because they're going to be closing the schools. So I'm sure that at some point, they're going to have to be using their own money. I don't see this being completely covered. Well, that's a good point. I mean, as the schools are still on standby, so they're still two weeks at least is what I heard. Two weeks, geez, yeah, at least at this point. But um, I don't know if they'll have to extend the school year because of um, OPI has 
a strict formula for how many days and how many hours kids have to be in school in your district. And so I don't know if, you know, this national emergency, we could call it a national emergency at this point, couldn't we? Even um, if you think it's yeah, it's, uh, a bit, I mean, it's a pandemic at this point. Well, they've said that for a while, for at least the last week or so. But yeah, it is a pandemic and it is an emergency. And I mean, it's just hard to quantify that when we're not specifically seeing it. Um, same thing in House District 27. Um, for, for the Senate, you get a Republican. Uh, that's Senate District 14. House District, that's Josh Cashmeyer, who is running as a Republican. So, <laughs> you know, earlier I said that uh, Haver was more diverse than you might think. but <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's diverse, I guess. All right. Well, we're, we're, we're tossing it up. Senate District 16 and House District 32 recommend... Currently two Democrats. Frank Smith is in there. This is um, south of Haver, so it includes some of the reservation area. And Jonathan Windyboy is in there. I see. So uh, you get a Democrat and a Democrat. And G. Same Bruce thing. Meyer, what is it with this place? But there is sort of, uh, you know, somebody's throwing a wrench in the gears. G. Bruce Myers is native. Is native, and he's going to run against Jonathan Windy Boy as a Democrat. And I know his name doesn't sound like it; it's not as native sounding as Windy Boy. But Myers is is native, and he's an important part of that. Uh, he does other things there, and I guess he decided to run as a Republican. He did win um, a few elections ago, and then lost to Windy Boy for this seat two years ago. But I guess he's a, he's in for the rematch. I see. Well, it really just comes down to who the town uh, thinks is going to best fit that role, then. I think. Uh, I think so. Well, last time they chose Windy Boy. Well, maybe they'll choose him again. You know, we had not similar, but the thing I can really compare it to locally is Slaughter versus Edwards there, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good point. So, uh, But it's not the same in the slightest, but uh, yeah, that's all I can think, so... Uh, you got to bring up Edwards. Uh, no, it wasn't his guns they took. It was that other guy. The last no, they guy. took his. I thought they took his gun. They, no, they definitely took the last guy's guns. I'm forgetting yeah, his that, name. That was Edwards. No, no, that wasn't Edwards. That was the guy who took his guns home after he was no longer sheriff. Oh, the guy before the, Edwards. I thought that was the under sheriff. Oh, yes. The, okay, it all makes sense now. So. I mean, no, I guess these sorts uh, of things were happening Ed, in Edwards. Edwards shop, had but. like the hell uh, of police called, I believe, and then he, um, you know, he got into a bunch of deep water there or whatever. But um, then they ended up like taking him straight uh, to like the board of sheriffs or whatever for the state, and they're like, "Oh no, give us your gun right now!" And then he was like, oh, <laughs> "Come on, guys!" And you know, it was like. Oh, it was wild to see happen. And then we brought this up, I believe it was when we were talking about the um, Bighorn County Sheriff, was it? Uh, yes, he, uh, Big He Sheriff, had like a bunch of wild stuff on his record, too, and it was like, whoa, you know, they were ready to throw Edwards to the wolves and like, look at what this guy's got. That was, I forget his first name, last name, Big Hair. And, uh, and he was the guy handling uh, Selena's uh, uh, disappearance and subsequent uh, discovery, uh, unfortunately. And that was sad native news, I think, we discussed that on. Indeed. A few Let's episodes ago. Stapleton here, can we? Yeah, say, well, hold on. There's there's one more thing for Senate. Oh. <laughs> for Senate. Oh. Uh, getting ahead of me. Um, there is a Senate election. That is Senate District. Uh, which one was it here? 16. Currently, Frank Smith is in that district. Um, but it's Justin Dupree, a Democrat uh, from Poplar, going up against Christopher Forstar, another Democrat from Wolf Point. And that concludes Haver. <laughs> you know, everything there is to know about Haver. Poplar and ha Wolf Point are like, you know, the finer points east of Haver, even. I've enjoyed um, my time there. And uh, a quick note on, on Haver, there's currently nobody running for superintendent. Oh, open, no open gig. Yep. Well... I don't know what they do. Do they appoint someone or, I mean, you kind of sort of need one. I just, whoever, I don't know, whoever shows up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who just uh, gets the paycheck. So uh, I mean, shit, maybe the uh, gym teacher finally steps up to it there and uh, opening day, 
he uh, just ha- ends up being the guy sitting in the office. Yeah, but well, yeah. <laughs> let's get on to our new things. Uh, this is a bit dated because um, this is involving the Little Shell tribe. So that's a. I, mean, I this swear was, to God, we talked about this. Did we talk about him? His statement on this. If he did, I was drawing a blank when Jasmine mentioned it in the last episode. I was like, he said that, did, and I thought it was at first. I thought it was partisan talk. I was like, all right, you're running as a Democrat. You gotta you gotta sling some mud over at Stapleton on the right. But then I. Uh, Looked no, at the things he said, yeah, and no. right when we started talking about um, what Lola said about the firefighters, right? Yeah, just his comments that it doesn't matter who was here first, and uh, you know, some other people are reading that it's anti-Semitic and such. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know how the Jews are involved in this between Stapleton and Little <laughs> Little Shell. Yeah, it was incredibly insensitive and incredibly insulting, I think. Um, yeah, he just made some comments about who is here first um, and talked about assimilation, fading away, languages, and species for some reason because natives are a different species. Sarcasm there, Bryce. So th- that was a quote from him. Um, species, languages, races all adapt or oh assimilate God. or they fade away. <laughs> that is a quote from Stapleton. Jesus. Um, with the, that was in an email with the subject line, we were here first. What in that the That seems, ah, jeez, Stapleton. Uh, anyway, I, I, don't, I just don't know if I had any, did we already cover that or, or did I just block it out of my mind? And I'm I don't know. Maybe we argued again. about this at one point, but like that was just well, messed up. There's not Let's much go to argue on here. Block. Yeah. Block. Uh, you know, one of the worst parts of Talk about late bloomers. Uh, Bullock, well, yeah, I don't know. This seems small for eyes compared to where he's at now. I mean, he's, I think, coming out ahead in this and looks better um, for his handling of this whole, you know, virus ordeal. But the Republican Party filed an ethics complaint against Bullock, um, accused him of usually illegally using state government resources during his campaign for president. And it. This is just like uh, tradition, isn't it? Tradition, and apparently they used um, also multiple official state government social media accounts to campaign for office, according to the filings. Uh, but, I mean, okay, like I said, tradition, everybody's doing it. and uh, well, I don't know if that makes it right. but No, it doesn't, but still, for everyone to like start freaking out about it, too, it's... Ugh. Uh, not everyone. Just the Anyways, when I said late bloomer, I wasn't talking about uh, his response time to the virus or anything. I was talking just about his campaign and his new campaign on top of that, it sounds like, for Senate. Well, I think this is going to look good for him, provided you know something doesn't get severely botched in his handling of this. Yeah, you know, that's what I read, too, when I was looking at Facebook, that... um a lot of people were saying that he was just doing this as a play to get, you know, good points for his Senate race. And all I could think is like, well, that's, a, you know, great motive, I guess. Right. Well, speaking of a Senate race, um, he's almost a lone wolf. Um, well, as soon as he announced, I think we had, uh, was it two or three candidates drop out of the race? Uh, remaining are, of course, Wilmont Collins, Helena Mayor Wilmont Collins. And John Muse of Loma. Ah, Wilmot Collins. Yeah, so... So you got that parking ticket taken care of. Yeah, that... No, I think he, he was a fender bender that he got taken care oh, of. Oh, okay. And it, it sounded like it was a pretty light one. It, it sounds like he uh, he appeared and I think paid a fine. That's you know, good to hear. Amazing election years that, you know, hitting somebody in your Buick is... is <laughs> Yeah, if you hit another vehicle or, you know, if you throw a person to the floor, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, or if, uh, who was it that drove the uh, boat up the uh, Flathead Lake, the speedboat? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was a long time ago, but it was uh, uh, the guy who who named the uh, Reberg, Denny Reberg. <laughs> oh, jeez, Denny Reberg. Way back when. There's a name. Yeah, he uh, has Reberg Estates uh, on the just above Billings. So let let all of Montana know when they drive by that the screw recontinues. <laughs> oh boy, uh, I wonder uh, what what kind of 
sitcom it is out there on a daily basis. Well, I imagine they're all his rich friends, so or I'd assume. I mean, who else can afford a home in Reburg Estates? Anyway, <laughs> rich speaking of rich people, Bullock is uh, doing great with campaign donations. He raised one point two million in twenty four hours. Wow. That will come in handy. Uh, yeah, the, for the Montana race, it'll come very handy. It's going to buy some good ad time, I, I guess, or maybe it'll fuel that government plane for a bit. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, or, you know, maybe I assume it's expensive to roll back the miles on those things. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. So, well, let's uh, move on to our, our next bit of news here. The Green Party is back. <laughs> I don't know if you recall, they were taking off the ballot uh, a couple years ago. Or yeah, 2016, like, I, I think they were. You know, it feels like it was just last week. But yeah, no, because they were like being funded directly by uh, the Red Party? Uh, no, we didn't know whom they were. Well, yes and no. They were, were taking off the It was largely suspected that they were uh, working really tightly with the Republicans, right? Something like that? Not working Republicans. Because they were taken off the ballot in 2016. I can't recall why. Uh, it could have been a lack of votes or party certification or something like that. But in 2018, um, a company out of Las Vegas or Nevada somewhere, uh, Tex- they're from Texas or Nevada, was canvassing neighborhoods, gathering signatures, and gaining interest to, to get them back on the ballot. Oh, out-of-staters. Yeah, out-of-staters. And, and then came the question of, yeah, yeah, who are you guys working for? Who's paying for this? Because the Green Party was like, uh, yeah, we're not really a party. We, we, we don't even have any money. So <laughs> we're not paying for it. We, we know that much. This is not, we didn't ask anybody to do this. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but look at these flyers. They're so cool. Yeah, you the know? flyers. <laughs> Did you see these? <laughs> but they're getting 20- good. You know? In 2018, uh, the, the uh, this tech center Nevada company canvassed, and they got enough signatures. But then I guess the Democrats challenged it, and they found 30 or some of them didn't were they couldn't verify, so they were then removed from the 2018 ballot again. This is uh, the company's advanced micro targeting, and they're back at it again. And in 2018, Bullock, uh, you know, tried to drill them hard, and was like, hey, "Who's paying for this?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah, we don't have to tell you." And it turns out legally they were right. They they didn't. Well, you know, if there's a way to get around something, then, you know, there's people are going to do it. Um, so I'll, I guess uh, game on. So the headline I wrote here is the greens are back, but are they red? And it's seeming more and more like it because one of the first people to actually file a candidacy, now that they're back on the ballot, they will be on the 2020 ballot, the Green Party. But one of the first people to actually file for a candidacy, somebody's running in the Senate race, they're not important, we'll maybe discuss them later, but Gary Marbud, who's from near my neck of the woods, in fact, uh, I'm not in his district, but literally the other side of the tracks is his district, HD 47 that he's running for, which is north of Missoula up to about Ronan, and although he does have some stuff about conservation and a self-sustaining house or something, He's mostly about arming everybody. Well, at least it's everybody. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> so he has a, a few books out, one regarding Montana gun laws, and he even has another book about how to hunt elk with a handgun. I kind of want to pick that up. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> it's only available <laughs> on, uh, you know, I, I was going to reach out to him. Maybe we can have him on the cast. It uh, will be a, a lot shorter of a drive than this last one. But... <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh! Doing. Like just to hear, uh, like yeah. I mean, and I was we, gonna, we, I was going to grill can... him because he he points out on his website that he's a a very very avid um, Nook reader. He loves his Nook. He reads lots of books. That's one of the things on his website. He's read a, a thousand books this year or something. So that's so cool. <laughs> but his his uh his everyone books, aspires to do that. It's hard. Like so, you know, bravo for getting through at least 10 because like I haven't even gotten through five. Well, I was going to hold his head to the fire here because, you know, he says he loves his nook, but his books are only available on Amazon. Kindle. Well, not a nook. When is it? Oh, Hey, hold up. No. (laughs) When was the site updated? Uh, it looks like it was made in geo cities. If, uh, okay. I think you need to potentially give this man a pass in this regard. Uh, I, I, I mean, don't know. These are the Barnes tough questions Noble we need to ask. Is even still a thing right now? Uh, yes. I, I own a Nook. 
actually. Good God, barely. Um, Is it the website or the Barnes & Noble website that you're discussing with at the moment? I, I'm looking at Nook. <laughs> but he really is about arming everybody. And he's, uh, you know, he comes to the, the name sounded very familiar and I'd heard it before. Then I had to put two and two together because he is the guy. Anytime somebody wants some sort of what they consider a radical gun quote, like um, they, they call up Gary Marbutt. They, they ask him, I was like, ah, oh, we just had the school shooting. What do you think we should do? And of course he's going to say arm the teachers. Really? <laughs> what? Yes. Yes, and that is exactly what he does say. So anytime anybody needs a Montana gun expert, in fact, it's a link on his site. He's available to testify on guns, on gun rights, on uh, gun technicalities, <laughs> on everything. He will testify for a fee, I assume. So, oh, well, yeah. I mean, you always see people show up on like um, CNN and Fox News, and anytime there's events, they always have these, uh, you know, people that are you know, specialists or uh, enthusiasts or entrepreneurs or whatever. Um, but those people always get a, a paycheck at the end of that because then they're, you know, being put on TV. Of course. I mean, he should. I mean, and you got to make that dough. So that's, you know, of course he's going to put out his, uh, you know, ability to work there for that. I can definitely see that. Well, he has a, he feels more libertarian. I mean, once you look beyond the gun thing, um, which is just obviously one, albeit large portion of his policy, um, he claims to have a sustainable house. But I don't see any other positions that put him solidly in that Green Party candidate. So he feels more like a libertarian. So I don't know if he's running as a spoiler or what his intent is here. I don't know. I've been told by many people that a third party in general is a spoiler from the start. So. Uh, I am all for third parties. Um, yeah, you know, the libertarians so really are at it, and so are the Greens. Who you talk to. Yeah. But um, he ran as an independent last time. Not, I guess the Green Party... Well, the Green Party wasn't available. Um, and he uh, filed, it was in Senate District 47, I think, which is House District 94. He lost that to Kim Dudek, who is a lawyer, um, by a very small margin. Um, in fact, he was ahead for a lot of the time, but until they counted or recounted the provisional votes, um, he lost and then sued because the uh, the provisional votes didn't match up with the trends of the rest of the county votes. So the provisional ones are the ones that are uh, not... Uh, maybe I might be mixing up the term. But basically, if you have a ballot that the machine does not accept for some reason, say you spilled coffee on it, it's torn, you didn't fill in the bubble all the way, and the machine kicks it out... That has to go to a special box, and then after the polls actually close, um, a bunch of people are in a special room, and they take those ballots and, I guess, discuss how you intended to vote without knowing who you are. They're like, oh, well, this one, the, the bubble isn't filled in all the way. That seems like a pretty easy thing. So they actually make a new ballot and then fill the bubble in all the way. And then that ballot gets scanned by the machine. So human intervention. Well, as as needed to uh, count these votes that, you know, weren't counted by the machine. So they're not getting double counted or anything. It's just, I mean, it's supposed, it's not supposed to be transparent. It's supposed to be super secretive. But there's like a party of like 10 people that are doing this and they're all watching each other. So seemingly there's no room for human intervention when you say it like that. But the margin was so small. I mean, at one point he was ahead by votes. Then the margin shrunk a little bit. He was uh, ahead by one vote and and then lost by several hundred in the, in the final stretch. Yeah, that feels that's uh, very sour, just on the buzzer there. But he he argued that the uh, he actually sued over this, but the provisional ballots should have matched the trend of the rest of the district, which you would think they would because they're a random sampling of ballots throughout the day of everyone who, like I said, whose ballot didn't get counted through the normal means. So he sued to force a recount of the recounted ballots, but that uh, got struck down, and then he uh, called it quits in there. So that is, that is, I don't is that the worst way to lose? I'm not sure. Well, I don't know, I haven't, uh, I haven't reached out to him yet. Perhaps I will and see if he's He's interested in joining here. I don't know. Maybe he wants a check. We're, I'm not prepared to write any checks. 
We don't have any of those. Uh, <laughs> no, we we don't. Montana Voices Podcast is your independent voice has so far zero money here. Has not accepted zero any funding. Two guys with microphones and uh, online presence, we'll say. Yes. Um. So we we have, we don't even have a Patreon. Is how. <laughs> Which is which good, because we're not beholden to anybody. You get our honest take on things, our unfiltered opinions, and our understanding of facts as, as we see it. And, you know, Halliburton isn't here to ask us why we're, you know, maybe not so fun with coal. So. Exactly. And legally, you know, we don't have to tell you if George Soros is uh, funding us, as far as I know. Well, he's not, so. <laughs> he's not. Absolutely not. Clearly. We are funding us. Which is, we should really should do something, because uh, these setups are not cheap. Microphones cost money, transportation costs money, we got mixers, computers, we got, we advertise ourselves, that costs money, uh, our platforms cost money, so we're, we are deep into the red. We're so deep in the red we can't even afford to hire an accountant to know how deep in the red we are. No, that's pretty bad. Anyway, um, we, we do this as an art, so we'll let it slide. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on. The last bit of things here. Uh, uh, Gianforte has chosen his running mate, which is Kristen Juris from Great Falls. All right. Lieutenant um, Governor Juris, who has run before. Um, if that name sounds familiar. I said she has run before. I think it was the Senate District. Don't quote me on that. But she uh, is, of course, a prominent lawyer in Great Falls and for about a period of 10 years was teaching law over here in Missoula at the university. And... The last big headline she had was she was uh, upset with their newspaper over running a sex article. I see. Um, sounds like she will make a great tag team partner there for the cage matches <laughs> and Hail in a Cell coming up. Um, uh, so I don't know. She's a small who woman. Who is it? So the, Guardian? <laughs> the Guardian? Uh, the Guardian. The you Guardian, you better have uh, somebody ready to go there because God forbid uh, there's a handicap match. It's done for. And, you know, as many wrestling jokes as I can make about that. Yeah, I think Juris is the person that just distracts the uh, the ref. Or maybe tosses <laughs> in a chair occasionally. Or Yeah, outside throwing somebody into the announcer's booth. Well, her uh, complaints about the sex article should tell you a lot about her positions and uh, where she's coming from. A very conservative right in this case. Uh, and uh, she obviously didn't like a sex article, but she framed it as the... Uh, publicly funded paper at the university shouldn't be uh, running things about sex, basically. Publicly funded at the university? Well, it's... What? The university what? is publicly funded. Haha. <laughs> yeah, by <laughs> us. Uh, Every one of those poor, poor children walking around uh, that's, you know, signed their life away to this Fed loan, uh, they're, they're the ones who have the say, and they should be able to post what they want, so... That, oh. Uh, oh, speaking of which, your your student loan interest is uh, student loans. Stu uh, we are uh, we're doing this at the same time the Biden Bernie debate is going on, and of is it right now? Uh, it was. Uh, I think I assume they've ended by now. I, I saw some clips of it, and and I don't know if they got uh, um, Biden on some Adderall or something, but he's remarkably coherent tonight. Oh, they probably did. I'll bet you they gave him Adderall. Yeah, they or they did like they did in. Uh, was that movie Flight with Denzel Washington where he was drunk and had to take the coke to not be drunk? Is he's all down and, yeah, he's just hung over and messed up, still drunk, and they're like, well, we got to get him up. And so they uh, get they give him cocaine, I believe. I believe. They give him a, a bunch of cocaine, and the, he's up and at it, and he's ready to testify, and it's John Goodman's best performance as a drug dealer, you know. Uh, I don't know. You see him in Red State? I thought that was really good, too. Uh, by the guy, I forgot uh, he was in Red State. Yeah, he was in Red State. Uh, made by... Was that the guy from... Uh, not um, Sideshow Bob, but Jay and Silent Bob? Yeah. Kevin Smith. Yes, that's the guy. Oh, it's a great movie. I gotta watch that one again. It's been too long. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have time to watch movies twice, but if you haven't seen Flight or Red State, both John Goodman classics... Uh, yeah, you know, great actor. He's been one of my favorites ever since the Roseanne days. Yeah, came into his own, and I think the, uh, I don't know, I think the uh, flight is in the same 
same universe for John Goodman as he was in that uh, other movie with the dude. What was that? It's canon for him. That's great. <laughs> no, it perfectly is. I could see him being, uh, what was that movie? <laughs> now we're both drawing a blank here. So, Oh, jeez. Look at the us dude getting sidetracked by John Goodman. Oh, anyway. Let's get back to it here. Well, Kristen is, Juris. Kristen uh, I don't think... I don't know. She might be able to win in a, in a, in a cage match against John Goodman. <laughs> well, John Goodman's pretty old and pretty big. He's so. 67. Ooh. One of those people that could be at risk for death from the coronavirus. Probably staying in right now. Yeah, probably uh, so. Um, Tom Hanks. Let me see. Tom Is Tom Hanks dead? Okay, I got I to pull still it up here and see. I assume that would be... the. We are really into the weeds here, Bryce. So, can a lieutenant governor does does that even make a difference? I mean, it's not like a what do a they v- do? Um, you're asking me tough questions here, Bryce. Well, one, they're there in case the um, governor dies, but um, I don't know if it's if it's modeled after the U.S. Senate, where they're also the uh, tiebreaker in the Senate. That I couldn't tell you. Yeah, jeez. Uh, you yeah, see, it's we, like the vice president, but like on a slim down level there at the state level. Yeah, but even so, I don't think that has the influence that the VP has. I mean, looking back at last elections, uh, you know, Pence was just sort of fluid under the radar, but um, Sarah Palin, so you have the potential to completely side, (laughs) completely undo all your work and your presidential campaign to have Sarah Palin, Ah. whom I personally believe we owe the Tea Party to. You know, Sarah Palin... um, yeah, absolutely a bad call back then. Back then, nowadays though. True. Even like, is she still a potential? Is she thinking about it? Uh, I'm surprised Trump didn't pick her. Jeez. You probably well, I mean, she probably just didn't call it the right time. I think that's all. Um, I think that's all part of what this was was that they just had to catch Trump at the right time and ask him. You know, well, you know, it'd be really cool if I was your, um, you know. Secretary of State, and like, ah, cool, I'll give it to you. And yeah, yes, go. He started to have it, and they come up and they're like, well, ah, he uh, gave sure. it away, uh, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, none of these positions included Chris Christie. Uh, he did his part. <laughs> well, I think this is going to conclude uh, episode 36 of Haver Has It Montana Voices podcast. And we did get quite sidetracked here, but I'm hoping this gives everybody a a breather and a sense of normalcy um, from the crazy world we're in. For example, I went to Burger King the other day. I asked for no tomato and onion. And of course, it came with tomato and onion. So I think that Burger King was also doing their part to make everything feel normal. (laughs) You know, as I I wouldn't expect them to there, you know, it's a hometown place, the hometown feel. Uh, Is that what they're going for? I will say I was proud of Great Falls, though. I went to the grocery store, and everyone was really chill. There was no fighting. There was still quite a bit of stuff on the shelf, and everybody was taking, like, moderate amounts of things. Oh, that's unfortunate. I went to the store today, um, the store that I don't like because I needed a fishing license. Fishing license expired uh, about a week and a half ago, so if you're not up on that, you gotta, well, if you can, get out and get your new fishing license. And also um, needed some film developed. I still shoot film occasionally. And so I was at Walmart, and there was nobody to be found in sporting goods, so they had to call in a guy clear from across the store, and he just told me, thank you, I need to get out of there. I was like, oh, I haven't even been to that side of the store. <laughs> How bad is it? I need to get out of there. <laughs> Yeah, he he was thrilled. Oh my. And then he uh I don't know, I don't know if the other side of the store felt like a prison or something because uh then I started I was like, "All right, do you have any uh 9mm?" Which of course they don't. They uh had it up until a month or so ago, but no handgun ammo at Walmart anymore. Unfortunately. Oh so I had uh picked up some 22 and then sent some uh 30-08 or 6. Uh jeez, I should probably check what I got. Um <laughs> so and then he uh just Tried to get me into awkwardly long conversations. Oh, you need to know anything more about this? And they go, you're going to go off the Winchester? You're going to go off the Magnums? And told me, I was like, you really just don't want to go back there. Uh, just Buddy, go to the bathroom okay. and play on your phone for just a while. Just clock out and leave. Like, they're not going to call you. 
Yeah, and uh, crazy times like these. So, yeah, at least that part of it was was normal. And then I made the mistake of veering towards the food, and I, I just wanted to do regular shopping, not hysteria shopping. And it was it was a madhouse over there. I almost had to fight somebody over eggs. Did somebody really get uh, in your face over eggs? Yes, over broken eggs. Because um, I'd picked them up, and like the back of the case was obviously damp, and so I still looked at them, opened them up. <laughs> somebody smash. thought that they had a winner. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm stunning them back. It's like, I saw them first. And, of course, I'm <laughs> naturally combative. I was like, yeah, you can have the half-broken eggs, but now you can't because <laughs> you. Did you put them in your card? <laughs> That's right, I did. Well, I took them out of the card a little way. <laughs> I put them back because I didn't want them. I was like, we'll survive without eggs for a bit. We'll be fine. Oh, I was going to say, did you get better eggs or did you give them to him? Uh, I don't know if he picked them up, but I, he, he said some very <laughs> unkind you. things to me. He was ready to follow you to your car. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't suspecting that, but... Uh, I should check. I, I don't know if we have eggs right now or not. I uh, got ramen noodles. I made oh, sure well, to get some of those. Yeah, you and, should uh, be fine then. Ramen will keep you straight. Got ramen. I believe we got some uh, milk and some water. I got a case of water because that was all there. Couldn't believe that. The only thing that was gone at the grocery store was the toilet paper. Uh, yeah, I hadn't need any, needed any since this whole thing started. But, um, you know, we eventually will, so I did want some. <laughs> but it's not happening. So that's, Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, a quick segue before we actually end to end. Let's uh, talk about preparations. I mean... Two weeks, uh, schools are out for two weeks. I, I imagine I could foresee an event where people are quarantined to their homes for a couple weeks. I don't think it'll be like you can't leave to go to the store, though. I don't know. Do you think they would pull something like that? Well, I think Italy is doing something like that right now. They're allowing people to go to the store, though. Are I they? Yeah. Oh, well, non-Tana, so... Either way. Check because um, I know that things like Wuhan, I'm pretty certain things are fine there now. Yeah, that's the uh, thing sort of blew over. Just needed to. Well, it's been a month or so. Yeah, and like the coronavirus has, you know, cleared up. Uh, Beijing, the, uh, the kids are battling with the cops and they're off time from classes now. Oh, yeah, that's a, well, it's a different sort no. of thing. Not even a virus <laughs> can keep that down. It's just a thing you do. You go there and fight. Uh, authoritarian fight the man gov- governments and yeah so well let's uh, get this one in the books if you would uh, run me through the business here once again the part of the cast that we could just record and play like we have done before but plug straight in here we might as well while we uh, still have the bandwidth to do so here in our quarantine state potentially you're probably checking into this right now and you're listening on our website. It's going to be MontanaVoicesPodcast.com. We're going to keep it up as long as we possibly can. Uh, should stay up forever, I'm feeling. Even if uh, Montana goes down, she'll stay up. Uh, email address if you want to be on the cast, if you want to get at us for any reason. Uh, it's going to be MontanaVoices at gmail.com. Our Twitter page is at Montana underscore Voices. Facebook page is at Montana Voices Podcast. You can find all of our uh, previous casts on YouTube by searching for Montana Voices Podcast. 